hey west side and anyone else listening in uh, on our ephesians series our series is called insanity living out our calling in a crazy world it's crazy out there um and ephesians has been really like we're a few weeks into this series and Ephesians for me has been it's been really helpful just to to walk through wade through this letter to the church in Ephesus that Paul writes and Ephesians has two halves remember uh, the first half our first three weeks were about what we believe Paul's talking about what we believe uh, we talked about spiritual intelligence spiritual wisdom and that's knowing Jesus uh, we talked about the message, how it's being the set in week two on being included. Uh, this message is open to all people. It's not an exclusive message. Jesus calls all people and those who declare him Lord, they are become kingdom people, a new humanity. And then that third chapter last week, we talked about how to get this truth ingrained. This should be ingrained. Jesus's ways should be our ways. How do we get this truth just to become a part of the very fabric of who we are? In chapter 3 last week, just a little recap. This is all important. What we believe, it matters. It's important because in chapter 3, Paul's talking about the church. And the church is so important because it's a, a diverse group of people brought together for the purpose of serving God and being a light to the world. And he even has this amazing thought or belief or truth where God says look at those people they are getting along that is proof that God's mysterious plan and and divine secret is at work just it's mind-blowing life-altering that God looks at us points to us as a church as his people and says look at them what we believe matters and that should bring unity. This next, these next three weeks are about how we live out what we believe. And that matters too. Because people can believe the same thing and be taken in very different directions. How we live out our belief in Jesus Christ matters. So our word for today is invigorate. And that word means to uh, give strength or energy to. The key word is vigor which means effort, enthusiasm, or to have energy for. We have to have energy for this journey. Like vigor is required if we are to engage with a world that has that crazy element to it. So turn to chapter four if you have your Bibles with you. Uh, read along because we're going to kind of bounce through it. Pick some verses out here for ourselves. And again, we want to encourage you to do the daily readings. Every uh, Monday to Friday, there's daily readings on Instagram or our website um, that we do. And it's just a minute or two devotional, our thought for the day um, in regards to the daily reading. So join us as we read through Ephesians. We're only halfway through. Well, we're a little further now. We've done chapter four. But get on board. Because ultimately... Like our belief and our encouragement to you all is that uh, we need to be self-feeders uh, when it comes to the Word of God. You can't just be what you hear, what you see. There is something about just getting into the Word. And as questions come up, ask questions. Find someone who you trust and ask those good questions. But um, 
we just encourage you all to do the reading. It's fun. It's good. Okay, back to chapter 4. It's a great beginning to chapter 4. And it starts like this. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Do you feel called by God? Boy, to be called out, like if you're on a team and a coach calls you out, says, hey, I need you, you're out there, you're called. Um, Boy, that would, I am? That's amazing. You see me in that light that I can be useful in this way? That's really what Paul is saying. How amazing is that? How life-giving is that? And then he says, now you'll be strong and powerful. And now look at the next, next verse. There's strength and there is power, but here's how it plays out. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. Because of your love, you love each other so much that you front-end load the grace into your relationships. And you're going to need it because you're a church of diverse people. It's a great start. Live a life worthy of your calling. Why? Do we have to be humble and gentle and patient? Because we're dealing with people. And then in verse 7, well, before that, in verse 4, now there's, as Paul goes on here, he talks... He mentions the word one, and it's mentioned seven times. For there is one body and one spirit. Just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father, who is over all and in all. Remember to be in Christ? He is in all and living through all. Jesus in us, as we extend grace to all people. And then he says this, however, he has given each one of us a special gift. He's given each of us a special gift. Now, sometimes we can see this as he's given us such diversity as well. But Paul in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 is speaking more about the diversity of the body. Uh, Everyone has different parts. We are all one body, but maybe your hand, maybe your foot, shoulder, waist, I don't know but speaks of the diversity and the parts coming together to make one body. But here, Paul is focusing on the gift that we share. We all share one gift, and that is the gift of grace. A gift is a gift from God to all people. And then in 4.7, he says, he uses the same words that he speaks of grace throughout Ephesians, and he says, I'm giving you all the gift of grace for your own ministry, for your own purpose. Like, know how much you are loved, know how much you are forgiven, and then you can use that in your own ministry. And then skip ahead to to verse 11. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Um, And he talks about um, different roles in the church. But then in verse 13, he says this, This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith. So all this is happening until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will become mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Such unity in our faith and what? Knowledge of God's Son. It's like there's a spiritual maturity that comes about. And this isn't It's not just a spiritual maturity of myself or personal maturity. 
uh, it's actually the, the maturity of the church, kind of growing into the perfect person, growing into being like Jesus. And that maturity is needed. Uh, and he speaks to that in verse 14. Then we will no longer be immature like children. So as we grow, we will no longer be like that. And who wants to be called immature? Definitely not me. And when someone calls someone immature, I think we become, we really usually react immaturely. Like it really does something to us because we don't want to be like this next sentence. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Children are really impressionable, imprinted. Um, and we don't want to be like that throughout our lives with, oh, you say this, we should do this, okay. Or uh, this sounds good too. But boy, doesn't that happen to us? We hear and see different things, experience different things, hear different stories, and we can be oh, really uncertain, really unsure, in a hurry. And here Paul says, no, you need to be rooted, you need to be mature in knowing who Jesus is, and you need to continually grow. That process never ends. And he kind of speaks of that in 15 here. Um, we will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body. Again, that growing, that vigor. We will be uh, given energy to be more like Christ the more we know truth. So like truth invigorates us. What does that mean? Truth invigorates us. To know the truth strengthens us, gives us confidence, and moves us forward. But what is truth? This is debated uh, ad nauseum and heatedly about what truth is. Oh, because you say it's true. may not be true for me. Good for you. Go live your life. There's this fascinating exchange Jesus has with his disciples in John 14. Um, and he's talking about Jesus being the way to the Father. And he says, uh, When everything is ready, I will come to get you so that you will always be with me and where I am, and you know the way to where I am going. And they said, No, we don't know, no, we don't know Lord. Thomas said, We have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? <clears throat> Jesus says this, he told him, I am the way. The truth, keywords, the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Now, again, it sounds that can sound exclusive, that message and holding people out, but it's not. It's like everyone can come, but it is through me. And everyone can come through me. But did you catch that? I am the way, the truth. Jesus is saying, I am truth. It's like the more you know me, the more you will grow. The more you know, the more you grow. That rhymes. Use it. Put it on a t-shirt if that helps you. So in a way, it's like, it's really about, it's who you know. But in this way, again, it's not an exclusive message. It's not like you get this job because you know someone. Uh, it's like, it's about who you know. And if you know Jesus, you will grow. And the more we get to know who Jesus is in Jesus' ways, which we are talking about the first three chapters, the more we become mature and the more that we know how we can live in this world. 
The more you know, the more you grow. And it's not just about personal growth, remember? It's about the growth of the church. This isn't just a self-help, I will get better and do better. It's about the unity of the church. It's about the mission of these this diverse, eclectic group of people on mission so that others will know. Because the second half of chapter 4 is living as children of light. And I'm going to leave that for most, a lot of that for next week uh, because we have so much to talk about still. So verse 16, uh, back to uh, Ephesians, uh, chapter 4, verse 16. And we're going to spend some time on this verse. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. That word grow again, that grow and the growing, that, in, that vigorous growth. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Doesn't it sound like an amazing community to be a part of? He makes the whole body fit. So what does that mean, he makes the whole body fit? Do we have an active role in this process? Or is God just doing this? Or are we simply building blocks placed by a heavenly stonemason? Are we just, is it just this giant hand going boom, boom, and we all fit together? A few weeks ago when Donovan was speaking, he had a Lego house. So is that how it works? That we're just a, are, are we a Lego house with different colors, but we fit together neatly like that? That's a great image. I like that. But remember in chapter 2, verse 10, a key verse in chapter 2, it talks about us being God's masterpiece, God's handiwork. That made me think this week. And God makes us. We're living, breathing organisms, DNA strands, um, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are God's handiwork. And it seems like even the inert, the inert things of this world, like, like even dirt, there's all these organic, there's this organic rhythm and shape uh, to it all. DNA strands have this amazing work. Like nothing's perfectly square. Like God doesn't make bricks or Lego. Like man makes bricks. We make things this shape. Uh, Because it's easy to build stuff out of them and we can fashion it. But there seems to be things like that are organic that have this multifaceted edges to them and this rhythm, this organic element to them. Even a rock, right? Even a rock looks very different. What's easier to build with? Would it be easier to build a wall with this brick from the Arlington Hotel? Uh, Or would it be this rock? It would probably be this brick. But, where am I going with this? That's a good question. It's easier to build with this brick than this rock, but we as people, we're not bricks. We're more like this rock. We have these edges. Uh, We don't fit together perfectly. Uh, We need grace front end loaded for our relationships because we will screw up. We will fail. Uh, We talk about this in our membership class. And sometimes people have been hurt by other churches and they come and they go, just really found a home here. And that's great. We always have this caveat uh, that we try and say, like, stick around long enough. We'll fail you. We will will mess up. Uh, We will not do it on purpose, but 
may you have grace for us as we will have grace for you as we come together. Because we as God's masterpieces are not perfectly fitting together. It's a little harder because it's not about easy. This is, is nothing, the church is not about easy. It's about love and relationship. And love is hard. And anyone who's been in a relationship with a person understands this truth that love is hard. People in relationships are hard, are difficult. But it's not about easy. It's about grace. And front-end loading our relationships with grace. As Jesus and God have front-end loaded grace into our relationship with him. He died on the cross for our sins, not because of we're so deserving, we're so amazing. It's because we're so loved. And that's how we are to be with each other. And so others will know God's mysterious plan and divine secret is for everything to be brought together. And not just people, but all of earth. And this is a rock and this is a rock. Like even this rock doesn't look that pretty, but look, like once, like even this shape of it, the stripes, the striations, the... I just love it. I love the colorings in it. We're all masterpieces, but we are not honed like this. We're like this. But at our core, we bear the image of God. We're image bearers. And it's not about easy. It's about love and relationship. And it's hard. And we know that. Deep down in us, we know that. Um, And none of this unity and kingdom is possible if we aren't growing if we're not invigorated through the holy spirit and if we don't have spiritual wisdom and intelligence and a passion for jesus um it's not possible to be a unified body it just isn't we need to continue to discover the love of jesus and jesus's love for us and then we can live as children of light verse 17 that's all this it's this great like it's this great, these great few verses uh, starting in 17 about living as children of light and putting off and putting on. Like, don't be like this. You used to be like this. You used to lie and steal and cheat. Says, don't do that anymore. Put on this. Put off that. Put off anger and malice and deceit and put on words that are encouraging and helpful and good. Um, put it on. Let the Spirit, in verse 22... Uh, Ephesians 4.22, uh, it says this, um, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life. Throw it off, put it off, uh, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. We talked about uh, this before. The Holy Spirit invigorates us. It re- the Holy Spirit renews our thoughts and our attitudes. Remember, what we believe shapes our attitudes, and our attitudes shape our habits. And it's a daily act, kind of like getting dressed. And sometimes in COVID, maybe we don't change our clothes for four days, I don't know, but it's a daily act. And it's, the renewing of our minds is also a daily act. Our thoughts and our attitudes, let the Holy Spirit invigorate us, renew our thoughts and our minds through prayer, through scripture, through conversations with community, with, through being on mission and extending love and grace to others, continually renewing our thoughts and our attitudes and our minds. And then ending with uh, verse 30, and do not bring sorrow 
to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. You're claimed, you are loved. Guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. What a great promise. What a great promise. And then he brings it home in verse uh, 31, or I'll bring it home today. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. That's that put it off. Instead, put this on. Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Because Jesus has loved you so much, go love others so much. We'll end with that. So may you be invigorated by that truth. May we be invigorated by the truth, who is Jesus Christ. And remember what we have in common. May we, be, may we be invigorated by the common gift of grace that we have been that we have been given, and may we give that to others freely. Let's pray, Lord. May your Spirit invigorate us, bring us energy, passion, renewal of our minds and our thoughts and our attitudes, Lord. And if anyone listening in, looking on, is feeling they are not called. They're not forgiven. May your Holy Spirit uh, just heal them, Lord, of that which is not true, Lord. Because you have identified, you have called, and you love. And we ask that you, again, just reign in our lives, renew our thoughts, our beliefs, and our, and our attitudes and our habits, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In your name we pray these things. Amen. Go with God. You are loved. Live lives that are invigorated and energized through the Holy Spirit.